Coming to you live from Sam's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your hosts, <laughs> Drunk Shy Sox fan and uh, Dick Tommy. On this episode, we take mailbag questions. We talk about Rick Hahn. We talk about the free White Sox. agency. It's the offseason, guys. And this is our last episode of. 2019. So enjoy it. The cliffhanger, man. You made it sound like we were (laughs) done. Yeah, that that is something that that you got to think about is because, like, all of the White Sox fans are White Sox. Like, not all of them, but a lot of White Sox fans are White Sox fans because it's like they want to be contrarians. They because, want to be, or because we all enjoy pain and suffering, yeah. like has been mentioned on this podcast. One hundred percent true. It's like we just want to misery loves company. You mm. just you just want to be miserable, right? There's well, some there's something to that. Like White Sox fans, I think a lot of them just they just want to be angry. Fair enough. I well, we'll get into that, yeah. especially talking about White Sox Twitter as yeah. of recently. Um, so I feel as if at this time last year free agency was just a big question mark everything out there was a big question mark in regards to who's getting signed who's going where obviously it was centered around the harper machado sweepstakes yes but this year we're it's december 12th we're recording this and free agency at least the big names are wrapped up they're wrapped up just as winter meetings have wrapped up which is just crazy to think about how mainstream media was basically saying like well that's last year was the death of the hot stove that'll never happen again free agents are gonna get signed in june every year yeah no 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 i and i think there was something sorry cool about Tim this Kirkchen, you're wrong again <laughs> i think there was something cool about this year's free agency because it wasn't just like one or two players yeah up, a, up you know highlighting everything yeah there's a lot more depth this year in free agency and mm-hmm. but you know depth. obviously depth we we ended up with Yasmani Grandal and the last time we recorded a podcast we were celebrating that oh yeah but right now we do have another not not a signing but another a trade acquisition we have an acquisition oh, via trade for Nomar yeah. Mazzara yeah uh how are we feeling Tom I saw something that made that put it in perspective for me and if you isolate the trade, don't look at it in context of this offseason. You look at the trade and you say, Steel Walker or Nomar Mazzara. Because it was, it was a straight trade. But if you isolate it, right, it's Steel Walker or Nomar Mazzara. Who would you rather have? Right now? No, in general. Mm-hmm. Just going forward in general. Here's, here's where I'm at. I think I would rather have Nomar Mazzara. Thank you. I think he's he's got a lot of upside. Yes, a ton of upside. And I know Steel Walker was a second round pick. And he's, and he's got, got a, a future ton of power swing because he's gonna hit it out of the ballpark. Future part. power bat. Um but still lots of question marks surrounding him, mm-hmm. as there will be with any prospect that's yeah. that young coming out of college and right. does not have the the major skill set that yes. you would hope for out of like a top five draft pick. Yes. 
So that's that's where I'm trying mm-hmm. to see it is like, okay, yeah, if you put it up against everything else that's happening this offseason, it's not that impressive. And it's like, oh, that's like you look at it and you say, wow, White Sox, that's your solution for the third for the right field hole. And it's like, well, hopefully, no, that's not like their only play for outfielders this offseason, which, which so you're Merkin, you're not sure. Merkin not sure. did report. I don't know if you saw this. Merkin reported that this is supposed to be the move for the 2020 season. There are supposed to be no other plans the for the outfield. Um, well, but uh, and that's disappointing. He doesn't because he doesn't Mazzara know that, can't hit though. against lefties. Now, here's my thought process with Merkin reporting that via Han. Han said this. Well, if they can't hit Han lefties, report. they'll do fine against our so lineup. So here's. Here's the platoon situation. I wish this wasn't the platoon situation, but it's going to be Mazzara most games hitting against righties and Leury hitting most games against the lefties. And Um, Angle playing every day in center. (laughs) Woof. Well, Well, until until Luis Luis Robert, you know, Robert. So, and that's the thing, too. And I saw somebody post, it was Josh Nelson, Sox Machine guy, right? Good guy. Josh Nelson said 99% chance Luis Robert is starting opening day. I disagree. I 100% disagree. I, 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 I 100% disagree with 99%, barring an extension. Barring an extension, which yep. is not a 99% probability. The money, will be, the money will be spent, Tom. Well, the money in house, be, right? The money will be spent in I'm house. Not, yeah, the m- the money will be sent by re-signing uh, Ozzy Guillen to a <laughs> managerial <laughs> managerial contract. No, um, although I the best thing I heard today was Ozzy Guillen on six seventy the score uh, getting interviewed. He's down at the at in Mexico uh, and he's just talking to whoever the hell it was on six seventy and he says and the guy asks him straight up like. Okay, so are you are you're down there with Sox fans? Uh, oh, that's right. They're doing that Mexico thing. Yeah, right Mexico. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he's like, Sox fans got to be asking you, you know, what are what are the expectations for uh, 2020, 2020 season? Uh, is the playoff window open for the White Sox? And Ozzy just was, you know, how talkative he is, right? So then he just says, nope. The honesty. And that, that's it. The and absolute like, honesty. And like, it was quick, too. It was like, <laughs> uh, Ozzy, do you, what have you been saying to White Sox fans that have been asking you about offseason and, uh, you know, what the expectations are for the 2020 season? Will they be in the playoffs this year? Nope. <laughs> Just and it, no I, and I, dancing around it whatsoever. Not even a little bit. But it's true, though. I mean, we talked about this earlier. It was going to take uh, a big right field acquisition. Uh, two starting pitchers, two starting pitchers, and a relief pitcher, and a, relief pi- and a, ma- a major relief pitcher to patch up yeah. at least part of the bullpen. Right? Which is another thing that sucks is seeing names like Pomeranz and Trinan go off the board. It's like, well, well, Trinan, but whatever. I then like those names are I'd take a pass. Pomeranz, you'd take a pass on Trinan. I mean, I'll take a you'd pass. You take Pomeranz and not Trinan. I think Pomeranz has more upside, better stuff. <laughs> Ultimately. We're looking at this Nomar Mazzara signing, right? Yeah. yeah. And it is an improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a re-it's a it's a re-upping of this idea that the White Sox brand of baseball right now yeah. is back to 
bash the ball mentality. Southside hitmen. Um, and this was switched to at the end of the season. It started with the firing of Steverson. Yeah, because he's he's batting average. He's a big fan of <laughs> Yomer Sanchez's upgrading his. You know, <laughs> I bet I bet you Steverson looked at the end of year stats for Yomer and was like, not not that bad, not that bad, because he's like he's out there hitting like. 248 or something like that and he's like oh that's pretty good but well do you talk about his average and it's Ugh. and it's like i i'm i'm a fan of average which is another <laughs> reason why i don't think that mazar is not that bad of an acquisition i think he's got a 268 average which is you know that's above league average so let's just put it that way and i'm more excited about his power but I, everybody's more excited about his power and that's the thing but to go back to yomer it's it's like we're not gonna be inviting those guys into the lineup anymore and if we do it's going to be a magical and he's just going to be the only guy that is single faceted in terms of slap hitter or singles and no walks and no power yeah well would you rather have right dinger every day Dinger every Chicks day. Chicks dig the long ball. So, I don't necessarily... I think a lot of White Sox fans are flipping out about this Mazzara thing for no good reason. It's because, again, I'm just going to go back to my reasoning on it. Steelwalker or Nomar Mazzara. Every day you're going to take Nomar Mazzara. Mm-hmm. Every day. And if Steelwalker pans out to be a, you know league average guy and Mazzara kind of drops off you know what you took a risk but how much did you risk for it and I believe the ceiling on Steel Walker really is kind of just league average outfielder Mm -hmm. right like nobody's projecting him to be the guy of any franchise ever Dan Victor's got a lot of good things to say about Steel Walker right Dan Victor also has a lot of good things to say about a lot, a of, lot guys. of prospects. Which, so. you know, this is the thing that, like, you you love a guy that roots for the players that he's watching. That's for sure. And yeah. there's no way... Like you, you, with all of the bad White Sox players that I've had to watch over the last couple and of years. I love every one of them. But, uh, I mean, specifically with Dan Victor, like, the guy's just got so much depth of knowledge about each he of these does. players. And he, he knows really not just the players, but their character too, mm-hmm. which is what's really cool about him. And and so if somebody if somebody like Dan Victor's saying, you know, Steelwalker's got the goods, it's probably to speak to his person as well. Sure. Which is, you know, it's tough to see somebody like that go, but it's also again, you just drop back to Mazara mm-hmm. or Walker. You're going to take Mazzara. And even he said to all of the White Sox, he made it such a funny tweet the other day. It was like, all of the White Sox fans that are pissed off about Nomar Mazzara are like that spoiled kid that got upset about getting like clothes for Christmas or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's a it's a necessity. It is a true necessity after what we watched in right field. And speaking of the outfield. Another guy that Dan talks up a lot and has high hopes for in the future, especially if he's hitting a guaranteed rate field, is Marcelo Zuna. And wouldn't that be 
a beautiful thing with Marcelo Zina and Menoncino hooking up again. Exactly. So, I, it, like, would that really pr- make him produce, like, his old numbers? I mean, there's no promises, but could it help get him there? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a likely possibility. So why is everybody complaining? Because if, let's put it this way, if we're platooning Marcelo Zuna and Nomar Mazara, that's an above league average right field position, which would be, we would be going from probably like 26th in the league in right field production to fourth or fifth. With Ozuna and Mazara. And Mazara platooning. I don't know about fourth or fifth, Tom. If if Marcelo no. Zuna goes Middle back, range. if Marcelo Middle range, if Marcelo Zuna reverts back to oh, Marlins you're talking days, like 2016 Marcelo Zuna, the one that got MVP votes. Yes. Okay. Right. Might be wishful thinking, but you even want if nonetheless. even if he like sniffs those numbers, even if we're sniffing middle of the road, I'm hold okay on, with hold that. on. If Marcelo Zuna sniffs those numbers and Mazzara is crushing left-handed pitching like he's supposed to then, yes, we would be fourth or fifth in right field production. These are all ifs. These are all ifs. A lot of ifs. There's two. There's a lot I literally of, listed a lot of two hope. ifs. I know. There's a lot of hope in the fact that Ozuna is going to get back to that production and Mazzara is, is going to, quote, unquote, crush lefties. Now, like, or uh, righties, pardon me, uh, not lefties. Oh, I said it wrong, too. Yeah. Um, so... Marcelo Zuna, though, to the White Sox, what do you, if you were to put a percent chance on it, what, what do you think? Just off the top of your head. 40. We're not inside, but 40. Feels a major need for the Sox in corner outfield spots. So, yes. Right? Reunited with old hitting coach Menachino. Right. Cousin of 05 World Series champ Pablo Zuna. That, that one's, that <laughs> one's so me. dumb. Still I, gets me. But let's like, be real. Here's the best one. Here's the best one. Okay. Bruce Levine said it's not for real. <laughs> if Bruce Levine says this is not for real, ladies and gentlemen, that man is more drunk than me. It's official. On a Sunday afternoon at Guaranteed Rate. Field. It's official. So it's a done deal, folks. Uh, I'm telling hilarious. You. Honestly, the funniest thing. That is, I sound like you right now with that rundown. But hey, honest, I love it. I love it. I mean, when it comes down to it, again, it's it's literally nuts and bolts, people. Marcelo Zuna would be better than what we have. So why complain about if we acquire him? Marce- uh, Nomar Mazzara is better than Cordell Tilson um, Polka. Yep. Why are we complaining? For sure. I'm tired of seeing the platoon out and right. And then once you have all these bats in place, too, you'll actually be able to fill in the DH spot. Which is huge. If if Nomar Mazzara becomes a DH when there's a righty on the mound, am I mad? Answer? No. Not even a little it's bit. It's better than Daniel Polka being. Uh, no offense to Daniel Polka. He's a great guy. Great guy. Really nice guy. Got to meet him at Sox Fest Love last him. year. But at this point, much better to have Nomar Mazzara up at the plate than oh, yeah. Polka mania. So. That, I, and... and when it like that's what we've been trying to accomplish is a right or a DH and a right fielder and like we're not out here trying to say that the White Sox brought like rained in the moon and brought it down for us or anything like that like we're not giving 
Rick Hahn a 10 out of 10 for this offseason right now. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. But we are trying to say, like, all right, let's take it easy. They definitely, they've made improvements. Pump they've, the brakes, folks. We've got something done this offseason. We've made two pretty big improvements. This isn't John Jay and Yonder Alonzo shit. It is correct. That's correct. It's not John <laughs> exactly. Jay and Yonder Alonzo shit. It's theory. <laughs> Even though Yasmani Grandal has a little bit of John Jay and Yonder Alonso in the sense that it's like, ooh, come pitch to me, come pitch to me, you know, but... Uh, at least he's a solid player. Seriously. Very seriously, solid player. Like, number one or two catcher very, in the league. Very, very good Every player. year. Period. Every year, one or two catcher in the league. So it's it's just a matter of saying to yourself, okay, so we made two acquisitions and both of them make the team a lot better. Whereas John Jay, lateral move. Yonder Alonso, negative move. Like, <laughs> you lost war on the team when you got Yonder Alonso. So it's it's just why, why do we need to be mad that we didn't get Strasburg? Ford Frick Award winner Hawk Harrelson is now in the Hall of Fame. And we've been on record saying that Hawk is ridiculous. We're not huge fans, but we also know that some of the best calls in White Sox history have come from his mouth. Are we taking this moment to count down our top three? We don't have to. Fuck it. Why not? Alexei! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> um, that will 100% be my favorite. It's Mark Burley's perfect game call. Beautiful. Uh, call your husband, daughters. Call your brothers. Call your... He's yeah. pitching a perfect game. It was hilarious. He's, I, he's so ridiculous. He has really great moments, but he's not a great announcer if you ask me and i think the best part about it is you know he had he was the guy that had the highest highs and the lowest lows because his lows were just him literally like drinking vodka in silence as a baseball game was going on you know and most likely and like when you're a broadcaster that's not your job but (laughs) like you're supposed to talk during the baseball game and you know, that's the part that, like, you know, it, it was his time. It was his time to get off the mic, and that's that's fine. But one thing that I will always miss about him... Oh, wait, we have to go to two... That was one. What's the number two? I think that's going to be my number one of all time. My second, my number two runner-up uh, silver medal goes to when he destroyed Mark Wegner. <laughs> you gotta be bleeping me. <laughs> or he was like beeping me. You gotta be beeping me. <laughs> I just amazing. Like, how do you <laughs> He just loses his damn mind about it? Um and I my my number two is Sacks Packed with Semen. Even S- though <laughs> that is my number three. I, oh god, I love that one right there. And it like Sex Pack with Semen. <laughs> and it just has nothing to do. <laughs> The with. Mariners. It has to do with the Mariners. Well, yeah, but, but like there was nothing. Them <laughs> semen in the sacks fact. I know the bases were loaded, but sacks packed with semen. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and then um, I think uh, it's 
I, I mean, what's number three? I, I mean, I don't have anything sticking out in my clear and present memory, but yeah, three now. I think the important thing to remember, though, as you're pulling up your number, your number three that you had, um, I am just gonna go on record and say there's never gonna be somebody as committed to that fan base that they're broadcasting for ever again because like modern journalism doesn't really allow that yeah so it's it's the end of an era in one sense and the commemoration of that end of an era is pretty cool um and to also think about how there's never going to be um a full-on character like hawk harrelson in the booth ever again because i feel like personality wise like he is on another level like he became a different human and that's why he called himself hawk right he's not even ken anymore when he's broadcasting he's he's something else right and he was a, he even is able point. to admit it right you make and a like, good point. that's never going to happen again yeah i said to my dad when he said he texted me hawk harrelson hall of fame i said i wouldn't say he was good unique but not good and there's something beautiful in that, in my opinion. And this Fair. is this is my, you know, commemoration or my, like, appreciation for Hawk Harrelson is, like, we were lucky enough to have a broadcaster in our lifetime that no one else is ever going to get somebody like that ever again. Most likely, yes. Yeah. Very true. And, uh, like, take the good, take the bad... You know, the bad being, like, he doesn't have good takes. <laughs> he he makes up stuff like TWTW. The bad being, he literally won't talk for two minutes, and he's okay with that. Uh, as the play-by-play guy. Think about that for a second. He's the play-by-play guy. Woof. Exactly. <laughs> My point, exactly. The play-by-play guy is the one who's supposed My to be talking point, exactly. the most. Um, but, you know, then the good being, like, the emotion... The emotion in his voice when the White Sox did well, right? It's it's undeniable and stuff like that. Like, uh, and then just the fact that he was a character that like you could just when you turn the broadcast on, you got, you know, sit down, strap, sit back, strap it down, and I don't even I can't do it. I don't. But but you know what I mean? Like you you just sit back, relax, and strap it down. And strap Thank it you. Down. Wow. But it's been a long time since we heard that. Really. Um, you know, it's like you, you just knew what you were getting from Hawk and it was it was always you know it was it was a joy. And then it was kinda painful and then it was a joy again. So <laughs> uh I, I mean I I love him. Sounds like true Hollywood stories with Charlie Murphy and his free <laughs> calling of Rick James. Yes. But this is the thing, like, you know, will I miss do I miss him currently? Not especially but was I lucky to have had him as a broadcaster for my home team? Absolutely. Do you have a project or idea that you want to be seen by as many people as possible? Do you provide a service but go underappreciated when you put yourself out there on social media? And do you want sleek, impeccable presentation but lack the know-how or resources? If you answered yes to any of these questions, get in touch with DBC Brand. With your choice of three solid tiers of social media marketing plans, 
you get the access to professional social media, content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video, and photography sessions and more. Find out more by visiting dbcbrand.com and give your business the creative touch and the spotlight it deserves. DBC Digital by Creatives. My favorite baseball memory of this season is 100%. Are you going to say when Wellington Castillo hit that home run and I flipped <laughs> shit? That's exactly what you were going to say, wasn't it? Yes, and absolutely. And putting me on recording 100%. and me being like, 100% fuck you, you're still shit. <laughs> it's literally his favorite baseball team just hit a home run and he's just cussing out the guy who hit it and he's my, it's just the best trolling I've ever done in my entire life. Cause all I had to do was say two words as soon as that ball left the ball left the bat. As soon as the ball left the bat, I said, Welly bandwagon, and you went off the rails. It was amazing. It was um, amazing. Yep. Best moment of the season. Three words. He's still shit. <laughs> so and no, that moment didn't change a damn thing about him. So reflecting on this season <laughs> and reflecting on doing yes. this podcast. A um, full season. An entire season. Uh, more than it. No. Well, we, we started planning about this. We started planning this a little over a year ago. We started talking baseball and drinking beer on a couch together about a year ago. Well, if we're talking and about... And our first official podcast came yeah. out a little under a year ago. Yeah. And this is the wrap-up. So, this is the wrap-up of season one for us. Yeah. This is it. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of growth. B- but ultimately, it's more than just us. I think that's what ma- has made this so special. Yeah, 100%. And going into it, we were like, well, maybe we'll be just talking to a wall and we'll hope for the best <laughs> and we'll still have fun with it but that has not been the case and in, in people have actually listened to us which is hilarious and awesome exactly and some of you interact with us on social media on a regular basis and even reached out with some questions uh to close out our season we decided to do a little sons of honarchy mailbag segment to yeah. close out the year and we've we've got five questions that we're going to close out on yeah, so we've gotten it down to those five, and um, you just hit us with your hit us with the first one. So you got the it first you one. Uh, now I said I opened it up. I opened up the floor and I said any question, baseball related, booze related, whatever you mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. Right. First question comes from Los Chest Hair, which is probably one of the best Twitter names. Great, great Twitter account to follow. Uh, if you don't follow him, if you just search up Los Chest Hair, you'll find him. I think it's like Carlos underscore S. Yeah. S is like his or is, something is, like is that. Is his profile picture or still? Or Rodon? It's Rodon underscore S. Is it still uh, like just a close up of I think so. the open shirt? I think so. So he <laughs> asked, and I think this is more a question for you than for me, Tom. <laughs> Hair product of choice, I'll hang up and listen for the answer. Thanks. Here's the thing. The fact that you're saying this is probably a question for you, Tom. I still actually use hair product, but go ahead. (laughs) 
I, uh, you know what? I didn't know that. Why don't you lead off then? Why don't I didn't know that you used hair product? Is it Bosley? It is. Fuck <laughs> you. You can go die in a hole, you dirty son of a gun. Oh. You want, go fuck yourself and answer the question. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, so what I use is actually uh, you start off with you you go. Shower, right? You do shampoo and conditioner. You got to condition every time. Then you hop out. You do mousse. Uh, when your hair is still soaking wet, um, put that all in your hair uh, and then blow dry it. And then you do a light mousse to hold it all in place. Wow. That's so fucking extra. It takes five minutes. My guy. my This is a guy that I grew up with. Um, Matt England. He's uh, King of England on Twitter. Honestly, the best. So he asks us, because he's a huge, huge hockey guy, um, why are the Hawks so horrible? Which I am massively underqualified to answer this question, but I'm pretty sure it's injuries? Uh, not really. Here's, here we go. The problem stems, and I might get ostracized for this, and I should pass it probably on to somebody that follows the team more than I do. I follow them. Honestly, on and we off. need we would bring Matt onto the podcast to, talk to about answer it. the question. And there are people on White Sox Twitter too <laughs> that would be great at answering yeah. this question. I'm gonna say it. It's all stemmed from after what they did after 2015. They got rid of their depth. You're just dropping it way back. I'm dropping it way back. We don't have to I go really to the am. way back machine to but do that. But here's the thing. They're just, it's step after step of of poor general managing. It's step after, by Bowman, it's step after step of deciding to get rid of the wrong guys, including Coach Q. Um, I think this team's a lot more, a lot more solid team if Coach Q is at the helm. So I I mean I would agree it's a Hall of Fame coach right first OG listeners followers supporters of this podcast <laughs> Ogie uh, Ogie reaches out and he says if you could rate Rick Hahn's management skills what would it be out of ten do you think they should keep him do you think Rick Hahn should be in the fold ten out of ten would recommend no oh stop <laughs> number one that's a Jameson Kozloism <laughs> so please don't ever say this on that podcast again I. <laughs> Honest answer, honest answer. Has he made the team a better program? Yes. So it's got to be above five. Explain. The team, uh, yes. He, as you know, Rick Hahn became he, GM yeah, in he, 2013. He took over. In 2013. Since then, his teams have amassed a 491 and 642 record. Right, and so no postseason appearances. He very uh, clearly had an era where he was making bad decisions. Right. Enter rebuild, and the trades that he made were quality trades to kick the rebuild off, and we started, we got basically a head start on a rebuild that most clubs would kill for is that all because of Rick Hahn? probably not because a lot of that talent was stumbled upon and you know it was lucky that we had it in the first place and regardless of what we got in return we had big chips to deal right mm. so then 
part of his grade is taken off for you know happenstance, but when it comes down to it, the team in 2013 was not anywhere close to being considered a playoff contender. Maybe middle of the road, but the fact that now we're talking about the fact that we're in conversation for the third yeah, most no, that 200, 2013 team is awful. They had 99 losses. Exactly. Then they went to 89 losses. Then they had 86 in 2015. So what I was building up to saying here is, look, we now are in a position where we're in conversation for the number three um, arm in free agency, Zach Wheeler. Right. Oh, I in hate this whole seat at the table garbage, though. Come I, on now. I understand that. Oh, and this is where you're gonna get me rolling. That's fine. But look, we're the we're the White Sox. What what? I'm not content with having a seat at the table. Th- that's fine. You shouldn't be. But we are. When it comes down to it, what have the White Sox been since the early '80s? A team that's the second team in the second city. And I hate myself for uttering those words because it goes against everything that I think about Chicago. I, I love Chicago. I, it is a world-class city. It is my home. I will defend it till I die, tooth and nail. But when you're the second biggest team in the third largest market, it sounds like you're second fiddle. And people don't want to come here. As a result. So having a seat at the table is a step, a needed step that Rick Hahn has been able to take. And yes, that was last offseason. That's old news. And now the White Sox are present in every conversation. But that also ups his grade. The Phillies haven't been good for a decade, though. The Mets haven't been good for over or basically a decade, too. Right. So the Mets still aren't good. And. There's a reason why people say the Mets gonna met. But you got these teams that pull in No. Yes, they pull in better free agents than we do. The Mets don't. I I don't think the Mets do. They historically have, but t- and this is another point. This is another point. You're adding to my argument. Thank you, sir. You're saying that the Mets used to be the place that would drag free agents before they'd come. I know that people would rather play on the White Sox this upcoming year than the Mets this upcoming year. For sure. Now. For sure. And that's not a situation that we would have been in when Rick Hahn took over the ball club. Inarguable. So what we say say about Rick Hahn does have to take into context. So what's your rating? What we do have to take into context talking a lot today. is also, <laughs> no, we did not get Machado. No, we did not get Bryce Harper. No, we did not get Zach Wheeler. No, we did not get Anthony Rendon, right? But the team is better than it was before he arrived. So what's your rating? Eight out of ten. Holy fuck. That's a B minus. They haven't had a winning season with him as GM yet. Absolutely not. I'm giving him a five. Down the road, I'm in the middle. Yes, the Grandal signing probably bumped him up, actually, from like a four to a five. Agree to disagree. That's where I'm at. Because it's... 
I do my best to stay positive. And right now I'm probably more positive than a large majority of White Sox Twitter. That's true. In regards to the free agency, because I think there's a lot of names out there that can still help this team. Nonetheless, the track record with Rick Hahn is still not great. Now yes, I'm I know he he got he pulled Moncada and Kopech for sale. But what did Sale go and do? He won a World Series, right? Okay. You traded Eaton for Lopez and Giolito and Dunning. Okay. Yes, you've got Giolito. He's looking like ace material. Lopez is not. No. Um, but what did Eaton do? He was part of a World Series. He was a big part of a World Series winning ball club. Here's the problem. You could have built, in my opinion, I know 2015 and that whole season Dude. is such a shit show, thinking about how they started 23 and 10 and then shit hit the fan. But I still think somewhere in that window, you in 2014 maybe, maybe 2015, you could have put the right pieces in place. They were never buyers enough in the first place five years ago. And then on top of that, Han is also has a say in the coaches and the staff members that are around this team. We failed to develop minor league talent up until the last year or two. We have had abysmal coaching. Todd Steverson. I hated Rick Renteria. Or pardon me. I hated <laughs> I, I still don't like Rick Renteria as a manager, but I hated Robin Ventura as a manager. Vanilla. <sighs> like the most bland vanilla. It's like a... Vanilla meets mayo. Oh, there we go. Oof, together. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave that question there. Um, I'm leaving it at a five out of ten. I, in Han, I trust still, but yeah, I'm still... Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. If we give... Rick Hahn, a lower than five grade. We have to change the podcast name. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Now we have a follow another question um, from our uh, favorite Twins fan, which I only have one Twins fan I like. I think. Yeah, I'm probably on the same boat. Yeah, don't tell my second cousins. Okay, um, Joel Brand. From, uh, or what is he on Twitter again? Untamed Bull. Yes, um, at Untamed Bull. The, unta the Untamed Bull. The. Thank you. Um, what are our expectations, or wait, he's asking this. So what are your expectations for Eloy Jimenez next year? How many games will he start, which is a good question, home runs, defensive metrics, and just so we don't get analytically, too analytically focused for Tommy, thanks, dude, um, <laughs> what about his batting average? Love it. Uh, love you guys. Reminder, I'm not a White Sox fan. <laughs> he goes, reminder, I'm not a White Sox fan. I'm a Sons of Honarchy fan. And yes, you are, Joel. Your comment is at the top of the White Sox, uh, or the um, Sons of Honarchy iTunes mm -hmm. podcast page. Mm -hmm. So let's break this down bit by bit. Give us like a you know, 30 seconds each. Um, I mean, expectations start with how many games will he start? Uh, I'm going to go with... First off, do you have high hopes or low hopes? I have, I have high hopes. Me too. Absolutely. So that's... I'm worried about it. I'm a tad worried about a sophomore slump, but... Nah, get out of here. Um, so high hopes for him. Um, and I'm going to go with he's going to start 140 games. Because uh, I say he's on the DL. He's on the 10-day DL twice. I say 10-day DL once. I think he starts 151 games. 
Really? Put a rest day in there too. 150, 151. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. I I just I think he's just gonna do something stupid in the outfield. To be completely honest, like I think ha- he, I think it's gonna be like a hamstring injury or something. Yeah, he's gonna pull his he's gonna pull up around second base once and have like have to be out for ten days with a hammy, and then he's gonna flying leg kick the wall. I, I think he learned his <laughs> lesson there. I really hope he did. And then um, uh, home runs, home runs. He's going to hit 79 home runs. And next question. 79. Um, <laughs> you couldn't have just made it 69, Tom? Uh, well, I should have, nice. honestly, in retrospect. Now, he, uh, man, how many home runs? How many home runs, realistically? Realistically, um, he's going to drop his home runs, increase his, wow. increase his doubles, Drop his home runs, increase his doubles. He's gonna his home runs are gonna drop after not playing a full season this past year. Because I think he's gonna become a better hitter, not a distinctly home run hitter. I say this dude just hits the ball hard though, and in the air, he does not do otherwise. (laughs) Okay, so my this dude hit a goddamn light in in the minor league home run derby. Yes, he did. He, he also knocked out a damn white. What was the what's the center field porch thing called where he hit it over the stairs on that? Yep. That was intense. Exactly. The the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um I still say he's gonna hit 35 home runs. 35. That's more you said less. So that would be more than Project- the year. Sorry, pro- his projected total was like 40 or something like that, right? This year. Oh, is that what it is? I didn't see. Anyway, so he's gonna hit 35. So 35 homers. And he's going to hit like way more doubles. So we'll get to that average question later. But uh, then defensive metrics go. Okay. Yeah, I think I think thirty-five homers is realistic. So defensive metric shit. I I, I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna get this this deep into it. Um, I don't know how to get deep into it. So def- I mean, I'm just not even going to go into the metrics. I'm just going to say defensive war to keep it simple. And it's going to be a negative defensive war. He still is not a good defensive presence on this team. I've already predicted he a doesn't flying have, leg kick. He doesn't have an arm. He doesn't track balls down that well. He doesn't they're track already projecting balls, him, period. They're already projecting him to be a DH within a five-year window, which he's is going to have hilarious a considering how young war. he is. He's going to, he's not going to make a lot of errors, but he's not going to get to a lot of balls. Yeah. Like, not a ton. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not good I mean, either. The plan, it's, Marcel, it's, it's worse than Marcelo Zuna. The plan is... Marcelo Zuna will have better defensive metrics this year than Eloy Jimenez. Mark yeah. my words. And no matter what team Marcelo's on. Even though he had that thing at the wall. Last year, you saw that play, right? Where he climbed up on the wall, and he thought the home run was going to be at the wall. But instead, it fell five feet in front of the warning track. Hilarious. He was literally like, climbing the wall, and then it fell. That's and then he, like, did, he, like <laughs> fell. It was great. <laughs> no, um, I mean... Is it better than the flying leg kick, though? Is that's the question. It really is. I'll show you the highlight <laughs> after. <laughs> so, I mean, I've already predicted a flying leg kick into the wall. Uh, I mean, the real plan is to say, let's put Angle in center field and just shade him to left and then just let <laughs> crack him. <laughs> Shout out to Ontap Sports Nuts. Yeah, so defensive metrics, shit is the answer. That's that's the best answer. Um, and last but not least, batting average. Yeah, batting average part. Um, yep. I'm gonna go with a like a good 
batting average, which I would say, or, you know, like I'm going to go with this would be a great batting average for him, and I think he'll get there, uh, is a 275. And okay. he was a 267 batting average this year. And maybe three singles all year. <laughs> three singles all year. He's going to have more than three. I'll take the over on three singles. Uh, and but imagine. Imagine for a moment. He's 275. He's hitting 275 and only has three singles on the year. <sighs> those, that's, those slugging numbers would be pretty fucking incredible. And according to my 35 home runs stat, that would mean he's only hitting doubles and triples. No, doubles and home runs. Let's be real. <laughs> well, he better not be legging out many triples. <laughs> uh, well, that's why he's going to end up on the DL twice is because he tried to get to that triple. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I were to play average, because Eloy got hot at the end of the year. Yeah, Very he hot. He, he brought up that average in, in, intense increase. And he, he didn't play that many games. So the fact that he like went off in September really right. slid that number. So up I think that 267 is pretty close to where he's going to be next year. I'm going to say if like if you were to say 275, if you were set on that, I'd say the under. I think he's going to be like 270. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 270, but the 270 would be a good over under number that I'm going to go over on. I can see the OBP and the OPS going up. Absolutely, yeah. Um, He's going to become a little bit more patient at the plate. He's going to get a few more calls that he didn't get last year. You kind of see like the Mankata effect. Uh, I think do other teams fear him? Here's the thing with the White Sox walk counts since Deverson was (laughs) coach. I was going to say. I mean, they've been abysmal since he's been hitting coach. I think with Menachino, I think everybody's walk numbers are going to go up with maybe the exception of T.A. T.A. is just like, nah, I'm good, fam. He's just, I'm just going to (laughs) keep throwing the bat at the ball and hitting it hard. Um, Oh, one thing to comment on, too, that I didn't before, Marcel Ozuna's, um, what do you call that, Uh, exit velocity. Has mm-hmm. gone up every single year over like the past three years. He had er, he at least had a career high last year. So people worried about him like and his average and his hitting statistics. It's it's not. I don't think it's a good judgment because he had like a two. I want to say like a two seventy BABIP or something. That's extremely unlucky. I think Marcelo Zuna is a good baseball player. I I think he's gonna he would be a really solid addition to this White Sox team, and I'm praying that's the big free agent acquisition waiting for the White Sox. We still need pitching, big time. I th- but yeah, I, I think gonna, I'm hoping the big money one is Ozuna. I I'm hoping that the big money one is Keuchel for f- three years. I love both. Why not both? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and our last and final question: That baseball fan, our guy. I want to say his name's Casey. I can't remember. Casey. Is that it? Is it Casey? I'm going a, I'm to a double check. Read off that question. Could Right Sox Twitter run... Right Sox? That says White Sox. Oh, gee. Okay. The reason why I couldn't <laughs> read that word is Steve? because of the crap... The, but that's the case around the screen, not the, the screen protector. You cracked ass screen. Okay. Just <laughs> fucking read the question. <laughs> Could White Sox Twitter run the White Sox better? <laughs> this is... Sorry, this is the first time I'm reading this question. Could White Sox Twitter run the White Sox uh, better than the current front office? Ha 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 ha. Curious for your answer. Should be funny. Funny response. Um, <laughs> the White Sox Twitter could run the White Sox 
into the ground. It would be horrible. You would get... <laughs> I honestly feel like the White Sox, tw- White Sox Twitter would just release every player as soon as they have like a four game slump. It's just like immediate, like no, except for like, imagine White Sox Twitter running. Oh, here's a, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Imagine White Sox Twitter running the White Sox when um, Yohan Mankata was striking out at the rate he, way he was striking out at. It was so stupid because that was. They were about that to. That was the first year that I that started. Was torches and pitchforks. That's the first year I started on White Sox Twitter. Yeah. Officially. Like, actually really paying attention to it and being being on it. And I started that beginning of that season. There was an actual, an actual movement saying he's a bust. That's why you had to go ah, out there. He's a bust, though. You That's had to go out there. Thing. That's still going to be a thing next year. So. <laughs> I mean, is the White Sox front office good? No, because you have to deal with Kenny Williams, who I gave Rick Hahn an 8 out of 10 because I think he's carrying the weight of Kenny Williams everywhere he goes and Jerry Reinsdorf everywhere he goes. So I that ups his score as well. I could go on about why I think Rick Hahn's a good GM. Anyway, so... <laughs> just White Sox Twitter running <laughs> the front office would be so it would be such a shit show just kenwo just making decisions (laughs) so i'll get i'll get to my question in a second but i want to answer care so his name's carrie i forgot it's carrie not casey carrie i'm gonna answer carrie's question first um it would be beautiful chaos is how I would describe it. That would, yeah, that's it would deep, just be man. That's absolute good. beautiful chaos. Uh, I think there would be a lot of great ideas flowing, but nobody could agree on anything. Jack shit. Because no. everybody, yeah. especially the big wigs on White Sox Twitter, have to be fucking right about every goddamn little detail. That's damn and it's right. stupid. That's damn it is stupid. I'm get really, over yourselves. Really glad you brought that up. I don't care that you write for whatever. I don't care that you think you know analytics better than everybody else. Because guess what? There's so much goddamn chance in baseball that sometimes the analytics just don't add up. <gasps> I just said it. I said I'm not saying the analytics aren't important. I'm saying that they are not a hundred percent accurate all the time. Do you think this is like some amazing moment? This is huge. I still think they're more important than you think they are. This is now, huge. Now let me put a follow-up question. It's a game of inches, ladies let and gentlemen. Me, a game of inches. Let me put a and fo- heart. Let me put up a follow-up question because I think this would be really funny for people to listen to going into next season. Who in White Sox Twitter would you put in front office positions? This is gonna be a fun ass game. Oh my god! Well, you you know everybody's thinking like white five people, different roles. Okay. Um. Well, Dan Victor is in charge of scouting. Yep. Dan Victor is the director of scouting. My director of scouting as well. Just, Easy. Period. End just of discussion. like that's the first thing I'm I do when I'm king of the White Sox. That's the first law I'm writing. Just Dan Victor, scouting official. Till he dies, you know, like that's. If you get a say over all of these different positions, five of them. Okay. Um, there's one. There's one. Now, from there, you would need. Um, 
this is a good one. You're going to like this. You need unprotected socks in charge of marketing. <laughs> right now. Right now. He's really going to appreciate that you you, uh, you gave him that one. I'm telling you, it's it would be the perfect fit. The perfect fit. Um, now, from there, you want uh, White Sox Dave in charge of um, running the wave at every game. Running the wave? I want... There, my hire would be I would I would hire him to he would have to do this job. It would be like a forced thing. He has to start the wave at every White Sox game. I thought we were talking about front office positions. No, 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 no. no. This is this is if I'm king of the White Sox. Oh, crime! I I want to see White Sox Dave forced in the position where he has to start the wave at every White Sox game. What and get beat up by my Sox summer beef wolf every day? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that's what I want. I want that. Okay, you have two more positions you have to fill. Um, well, um, so uh, then it would be Beef Loaf is my GM, and um, Chorizzi is in charge of uh, what is it? Fan interaction. What is that called? That position, like PR. Yes, thank you. Fact check. There you go. Okay, interesting choices. I didn't do many like actual baseball operations <laughs> stuff except for fair enough. Except for um, beef loaf, but I mean, let's be real. Fair. Um, Maybe I'll work around <laughs> that. Maybe I'll put on some more front office positions. <laughs> because here. here's I already said what I so, had to say about the White Sox Twitter running the front office. That's a horrible idea. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start again by saying Dan Victor, director of scouting, 100%. Every bar time. none. Every time. All right. Now, I am going to focus more front office. Um, I'm going to say my general manager is going to be you gotta pick somebody who's this is got tough. a good head on this their is shoulders really tough i just really like uh a guy who is with socks machine i'm gonna choose patrick i'm gonna choose patrick all right Pete Knowles. i just think he's got good baseball knowledge a good head on his shoulders very personable Mm-hmm. I would choose him as my GM. He's going to be able to stand in front of yeah, the franchise you're gonna and have direct to people. Put him in front of a camera every he once was in a while. Force-fed shots by the Shy Sox Weekly guys at the uh, after party for Soxfest last year and took it like a champ. I'm all about penals being in that position for general manager. Um, ooh, director of marketing. I'm going to go with, you know what? Represent females, because we're on better terms now. It seems like things have kind of subsided. No way. Yep. Allie White Sox. Wow. I'm going with Allie White Sorry, Sox. Sorry, Allie White Claw is actually. Allie White Claw. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Allie I White am... Claw, Allie White Sox is going to be my director of marketing. Wow. You really, that's a 180 in that relationship. Good yeah. On you, man. There was, there was, a, there was some, there were some dicey bad times. beef you know, at the beginning <laughs> of baseball season, but we've come around. We've we've come around. All right. We're not all right. Hillary so, so, all right. So, the next one that I really, really feel needs to be in the White Sox White Sox organization as 
a director of I don't know. You can baseball say operations. Director of baseball operations. You can make me hitting coach if you want. No, <laughs> I do not want to make you hitting coach. <laughs> Seriously, round two. Oh yikes! <laughs> yeah, everybody's hitting for average. See ball, hit ball. Now, <laughs> director of baseball operations, or vice president of baseball operations, whatever you call that position. Yeah, it would be above a general manager. I want to give that position to none other than. This is really tough. This is yeah, a lot more difficult. I was going to say you're killing me out with this anticipation. In suspense, you know, I really want to give it to Beefloaf. I like the way Beefloaf looks I'm at saying. baseball. Yes, I yes. like his persona. I, I'm just gonna go with Beefloaf. Um, yes. And plus, Beef Wolf gave me a shout out on the last 108 podcast of <laughs> their uh, most recent season. So we have to give him a shout out. In so return. tip for tat. Yeah. Beef Wolf. <laughs> I'm going to go with Beef Wolf there. And how many more positions do I have, Tom? You got one uh, more. Yeah. Because you hit uh, scouting, marketing, um, GM and... Uh, Vice President of Baseball Operations. So you got one more position. Okay. You can make it a peon. If I have one more position to fill, <laughs> you're going to love this. I'm ready. It, and it's going to be... I don't know if I want to call it PR because it's probably a PR disaster. <laughs> I guess um, <laughs> Director of Fan Relations. Oh, I'm going to call it that because if you good. call it PR, it's just it's going to be a nightmare. But it's going to be Juan Uribe's cup <laughs> at Belly Wires. Um, g- guy's hilarious. I really oh, love all my interactions man. with him on White Sox Twitter. That's so I'm going to go with at Billy Wires. Yes. Juan Uribe's cup is going to be my his. Did you see his profile picture got banned? Relations. Did it really? Yeah. they. He like put a whole tweet out about how his like his old. <laughs> he got it back somehow. But his uh, his Twitter profile picture got banned, and then he had to go to another one, which was the perfect. <laughs> he went for brief a brief time. His new profile picture was just the same profile picture, but with the red X over it. Basically, it's perfect. That's amazing. It's literally perfect. So now that I know what he looks like, too, it's so good, so good. Director of fan relations, not PR. Director of fan relations. Amazing amazing he would he would do a good job he would do a good job everybody would everybody would want to be a part of the white Sox. exactly fan base true you'd make it real fun to come out to games oh yeah oh yeah the the (laughs) it would just be a riot every time absolutely all right there's our mailbag mailbag's finished tom any last thoughts as we close out season one just a man like, just a huge thank you, because it's like, I don't know if we, like, I think we would have, no matter what, done, a f- like, a full year of this, just because we wanted to, right? Like, we like doing this, but it just feels good to know that there are folks out there that also appreciate what we create. For I don't sure. know, it's just like, 
uh, just a big thank you because it just feels weird to know that people want to listen to well probably like want to listen to us and just have to listen to what i have to say because they're listening to <laughs> but no it's like it's just it's nice to know that folks out there are hungry for white Sox content and we are happy to we oblige. somehow fill some small void <laughs> On your commute to work or to go see family yes. or for your comic relief yeah, or somehow for your baseball information. Which is probably the last part. Like, <laughs> you, you probably already know everything that we we're say. We're just glad that you tune in because I, yes. I'm i really grateful that, you know, I tell fact check this all the time. I, I've said this to you multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been a process for me to learn and also to say it now and really believe it that listeners aren't God, you know, listeners aren't (laughs) everything, but it's, it's nice to know that there are people tuning in. It's even better to know that people interact with us. Yeah. And even beyond that, we've grown into or are starting to grow into a community of other white Sox fans yeah at the park around the park at other events yeah it's it's a it's a really a blast it's really a joy and a, a pleasure just honored just honored true let's kick off season two soon season two coming in a few weeks we're gonna take a little bit of a holiday break but one last time tom before we close up season one, oh, this is perfect. Rebuild or bust in Han, we trust. Have a good one, everybody.